Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, tonight we're just going to talk about something real foundational, and that's faith. Amen. Uh, you can't ever get tired of hearing faith because we know that the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Uh, this summer, uh, I had some things that I had to take care of physically. And uh, so I had basically said I would take the summer off, not go. I usually go to different things in the summer conferences and things and I'm part of them and so I said I wasn't going to do that and then I got a call oh, a few months ago and uh, from a ministry that I'm part of and they they support our ministry and they wanted to know if I was coming down for the conference and I said no I'm not coming uh, and I kind of gave them some you know reasoning and then I uh, hung up the phone, and they had said, well, we, you know, we want to do some TV stuff, taping and stuff, and would you come? And I said, no, I'm just not coming. And I hung up the phone. I was sitting in that office, and you might do this too. Anybody ever just said no? And I sat there, just hung up, literally hung the phone up. And the Lord, it was like he just pulled up a chair right beside me. He said, you never asked me. Now, I don't know if you might do this. I hope you don't, but I did. I started explaining to the Lord why that wasn't going to work. Well, Lord, you know that it's only two weeks after this procedure thing that I'm having, and I, I don't even know. I'm, I might not even be able to talk. I can't go down there. How many know when you try to reason with the Lord after he's already said something, you're just... Useless words. He didn't talk back to me. And so I just sat and I realized what I'd done. And I sat there and I said, okay, Lord, I'm asking. He said, I want you to go and I want you to honor your father in the faith. And I went, yes, sir. I called him back. Now, it had only been like 10 minutes since I told him all the reasons why I couldn't be there. I called him back and said, I'm not coming. I mean, I said, I'm coming. And they said... <laughs> See, it's still hard for me to believe I was. And they said, they said, but you said, you know, this, this, and this. And they said, don't feel any pressure, Brownie. You, you know, we can make this happen another time. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm coming. I'm telling you that story to tell you this, that when I got there, it was not convenient. It was not a right time. I did not physically feel like being there. And that conference is even harder than this one up north. I mean, it literally goes. You are in a prayer. You're at prayer at 830. Then they come and they have like three speakers in the morning. They break for an hour and a half. You come back. They have two more speakers. They break for like two hours. You come back and then they have the night speaker that goes long and uh, you walk to your hotel and you walk back. And so it is, it's, you know, really it is tiring. But I want you to know I knew I was where I was supposed to be because my father in the faith started the conference and he started the first morning and said, the Lord spoke to me and told me that I'm to start teaching, go back and teach the foundations of faith. Now, 
you might think, well, I, well, I know the foundations of faith. But it really, I want you to know that I repented that week. I was convicted that week. But I got my stuff straight. Because I realized I had let go of some faith. You know how you do sometimes? You kind of just get a little sloppy in your faith. You know, even you start saying things that you wouldn't ever say before. You start saying, you know, one thing is because I was going through some stuff, people were constantly asking me, how are you doing, Brownie? And I was telling them how I was doing, which wasn't that great. And that week I made a decision. Okay, that's it. I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about it. I'm only going to say what the Word says. And I made some real adjustments. And so when I, when I uh, knew I was going to speak tonight, there was, a, there was a message that I've probably preached here two times and maybe three in all these years, but uh, I felt like I was supposed to go back there because it's a foundational teaching that if we will listen, see, we're supposed to be word of faith people. We're faith people, Right. The Bible, I didn't hear any rights, right? Well, you can choose to be a faith, per, a faith person or a not faith person. You can choose to be a believer or a non-believer. But we call ourselves word people, people of the word. But many times we're people of our favorite word. You know, one preacher said one time, I don't know. My husband never wanted to, he never underlined anything in his Bible. He didn't believe in doing anything to the Bible. My Bible, it's, it's underlined, it's highlighted. Uh, Ephesians is barely there anymore. Here's my Ephesians. You see it's taped together. I, I mark up my Bible. And a lot of people do. And one preacher came to our church years ago and he said, Start reading all the scriptures that aren't underlined. <laughs> well, you don't want to do that. <laughs> it's a good thing to do. We're going to start out of Mark 5 tonight. The woman with the issue of blood. What a woman. This woman had been sick for 12 years. Maybe we'll just quickly read it, and then we'll expound on it. Mark 5. Verse 24. Is that right? Yes. It's talking about when Jesus... Uh, we're, let's see, we can skip some of that. Uh, Jesus was going in the crowds, and the leader of the synagogue, Jairus, had a daughter who was about 12 years old, and she was dying. And for the, you got to see how important, this is the leader of the synagogue goes to Jesus. That was a biggie in itself. Jairus goes to Jesus and asks Jesus to come to his house and heal his daughter. You know, you might have people in your life that they make fun of you. They, they don't like you. They tell you, don't talk that Jesus stuff to me. But, you know, 
You might be the token Christian in your business like I was when, before I went in ministry. I, they called me, literally called me the token Christian. And they made fun of me and everything. But you know what? When they were diagnosed with something that the doctor couldn't do about, couldn't make them whole, they, they didn't mind calling the token Christian. And you know what? We should not take that and just go, whoa, blah, blah, blah. We should thank God that people know that we know how to pray. We should thank God that people trust us to go to the Lord on their behalf. We should thank God that we've been taught the word of God so that we can have scriptures to stand on to see God make a difference in their life. Amen? Amen. And so this is talking about, that's what he was doing at the time. And it says in verse 25, a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought or was saying, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing into you and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, the rest of the story talks about Jairus' daughter, but we want to center in on this woman. This woman had had an issue of blood, is what King James calls it, a hemorrhaging. And in those days, under the law, under the Levitical law, if you were bleeding, you were unclean. And you were not to touch anybody. So here was a woman who was unclean. She had been on the outskirts. They would have put them, what they had to do, they had to go outside of the city, outside of the village. So they, they had like camps out there for the unclean. And so, you know, if you had an issue of blood, you had to go out there. And you could come back when it was, it was you know, through. But she, she'd been there 12 years. And she'd been to many physicians. So, you know what? Thank God for physicians. Thank God for medical people because they want you healed. They want to get you healed. They are trying to get you healed. And you know what? It doesn't say she got offended at the doctors. But you, she might have, you know, after 12 years and she lost all her money, she might have started having you know, a little bitterness toward the doctors, but the word doesn't tell us that, so we are just, that's just me assuming she might have. But obviously, she hadn't because things started working for her. The Bible said she had heard of Jesus, and we go, and there's other scriptures that talks about when Jesus went through the crowds, people touched him and were healed. So she had heard of him. You know, the Bible says in Revelations that uh, the people will be won by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So what you say to others will affect them being able to believe. Amen? Your testimony has great power. 
It does. You, when God does something for you, you need to tell somebody. You need to tell lots of people. You know, first of all, tell your family, your children. They need to see that this word works. You know, when <laughs> I remember when uh, my children were believing uh, for a certain toy, both of them wanted that, and it wasn't in our budget. But, you know, when a child says, I'm going to ask Jesus for something, you don't say, well, no. You better just say, amen, I'll agree with you. And it was so wonderful because David and I wanted to get it for him. You know how parents are, you're trying to figure out how you can do that. Well, if we do this or that, because you want to bless your children. Remember, God says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will I give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? In other words, he will give good gifts. The Holy Spirit is a good gift. Amen. So I remember coming to church and a lady, a widow. No, she wasn't widowed then. She was, her husband wasn't serving the Lord, so she always came by herself. An older lady came up and gave an envelope, and she said, this is for Jonathan and Liberty. I said, well, thank you. And she said, now, I know, because she would give them, she'd give them money at Christmas. She said, I found out that they always give a tithe out of what I give them. So she said, I want them to have this much money, but I included more for their tithe. Because <laughs> I found out, I went, like at Christmas, she'd given them like $100 and so they, she asked them and they said, you know, what'd you do with your $100? And well, we, we gave to the Lord, you know, this much. And so she, she's so funny, she included the tithe just to make sure they had. But she didn't know what they were believing for, but you know, it was the right amount. God knows. So this lady had heard of Jesus because obviously she hadn't been where he was because she had been outside the city. She was unclean. She wasn't following Jesus from village to village. But we find in the scriptures it talks about the women and the men that followed Jesus. And it talks about them giving their testimonies, providing they, they gave their finances to help Jesus. And so we know that there were people doing that. So she heard and she said, see that's important. You hear and then you say. When you hear the word, it's important that you speak the word. That's one of the steps of faith. Hear the word, whether you read it yourself, whether you hear it on technology some way, whether you hear it here at church or you hear it at the coffee shop, someone's sharing. But when you hear the word, you need to speak that word. Amen? When you hear that by his stripes you were healed, you know what? You need to say, by his stripes, I was healed. Someone says, well, you're not healed. Look at you, you're not healed. That is not what the point is. The point is, I am healed. This is a symptom. But by his stripes, on the cross, when he bore my sins, he bore my sickness and my disease, my griefs and my sorrows. Amen? The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. So praise the Lord. She knew, she knew that. She had heard that people touched him and was healed. At some point, you're going to get fed up with being sick. Or as one person said, you're going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
You ever been to that point? Maybe it's not sickness, but maybe it's different. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. However it is, there's going to come a point, And if you'll learn faith, you won't have to come to that point. But there, you know what? There's places when you come to a point and say, that's it. I'm not having this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. And so that's where she was. She went, and it says that she went through the crowds. Now, you understand, under the Levitical law, this is before the cross, under the Levitical law, she was going through a crowd. Do you understand that going through a crowd, she was going to touch people, right? When you're in a crowd, you're going to touch people. You might not mean to, but, you know, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. She was making her way to Jesus. Now, under the law... Everybody she touched became unclean. Now, what's God going to do about that? Because God wants her healed. Jesus is there. But to get to Jesus, she's going to cause other people to be unclean. What's God going to do about that? Maybe you never thought about that, but I started thinking about that. How's God going to fix that? Because we know he fixes it. Because it's not brought up. If it was, you know, something big, it would have been brought up. But let me just read what I've gotten written here. People were pushing and pressing into him from all over, yet he stops and turns and asks, who touched my clothes? When back up at the front, it says, <clears throat> talking about the unclean, it says the, in Leviticus, you must keep the Israelites separate from things that make them unclean so they will not die in their uncleanness for defiling my dwelling place, which is among them. In the Old Testament, the temple was where God dwelt among the Israelites. But in the New Testament, God dwelt among men in the person of Jesus Christ. John 1.14 says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So, in the Old Testament, God dwelt among the Israelites, but he dwelt in the Holy of Holies. That's where he was. No one went in there but the priest once a year. So, an unclean person could not even go into the temple. But you understand, Jesus came, and he brought God to the, to the place. And when God came in, in the New Covenant... He brought cleanness. Jesus makes us clean. So do you understand that her coming into that crowd and touching Jesus, that was the thing that overcame the law and the work of grace came in. Amen? Now, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet, but he came as, the, as God in the flesh, right? And so that's how, you know, Take it as you want, but through Jesus, the penalties of the law were reversed. Right? Because the Bible talks about, you know, the first covenant and the second covenant, and the second covenant does away with the first covenant. The, the Spirit brings life. The law brings death. So the old covenant... We, you know, we don't throw it out because the scripture talk, says all scripture are given, is given to us. There are people today that want you to just throw away the Old Testament. Well, that's, in my opinion, 
that's not what you should do. Because I believe it's all edifying to us for teaching, for reproving. Amen? We need both, but we got to understand and, and look at it from two different angles, right? So we got to see this woman, even though she was unclean, she made her way through the crowd because she was going to who could cleanse her. And who could cleanse whoever touched her? Now see, probably those people that she was touching had no idea that she was unclean. That was hidden. But Jesus knew. But I want you to see this. He said, you remember the, the disciples, he said, who touched you? And you know, the disciples just got all up in arms like, <laughs> look at them, they all touched you. They were incredulous. And he said, who touched my clothes? But Jesus, what's it say? Let me just find the place where it says it. They said, you see the crowds pressing into you, and you say, who touched me? But he said, the scripture before that, verse 30, immediately, as soon as she touched him, immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around. Now, you know what? If, if you've uh, been in a healing line or a a ministry line sometimes. I'm telling you, sometimes you can feel the anointing come on you. Anybody ever had that happen? You felt, you felt something come. Sometimes we feel it, sometimes we don't. That doesn't mean it didn't work. Because we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. Amen? So we understand that. But as a minister who ministers, and you, as you pray for people, there are times... Uh, Brother Hagen talked about it like this, is that you can touch somebody, you know, they're in a line and you put your hand on them or you put your hand on their head and it just comes, he said it will come back on you because they're not ready to receive. Well, if that happens, just go to the next person. Don't make a big deal out of it. I'm talking to you so you'll know how to minister to people yourself. But we have to always believe that the anointing abides within us. It, you know God's anointing abides within each of you? Not just the preachers. The Bible says, when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he was quoting out of Isaiah. But in, he said, uh, where was that, Luke 4, Mark 4, where was that? I can't remember. But when he's talking about the Spirit of the Lord, I think it's Mark 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And he tells him what he's anointed him to do. Well, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in that room or that room. And before I'd come on the, the platform with the praise team or by myself, start quoting, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Do you, do you always feel the Spirit of the Lord upon you? No. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But that's why we need faith, right? You need faith. So he, Jesus, he, he always was anointed, but he, he quoted that. Do you think that was his message, I believe, when he went to village to village? I think he did it every time he went. We don't have any way to prove that. But it says he preached when he went to the villages. He preached. What did he preach? 
we find several times when he goes to Isaiah. He preached it. Why? Because they needed to hear that God had come to set them free. Whether they were sick, whether they were lame, whether they were blind, whether they were poor, whether they were helpless. However, the Spirit of the Lord had come upon them to anoint them to be healed, set free, whatever. Amen. Whatever they needed. That same anointing is in our church and it's with you. It's where you go. It's in, it's, it's in your business. It's in the grocery store. It's wherever you are. The Spirit of the Lord, if you will allow him. See, that's why you need the Holy Spirit. But if you will allow the Spirit of the Lord. Night before last, I <coughs> couldn't sleep. There was a mouse in the trailer that I was sharing with my friends, the cooks. Not, you know, the the ladies that were cooking and there was a mouse and I went in and I saw the mouse run across the, the linoleum so when they came in I said uh, there's a mouse in here and they were all like oh I said I'll like Kim was sleeping in that room and she she was gonna move but she'd she'd already said she'd move and give me the better bed well she was real glad she made that decision because I was gonna sleep where the mouse was so I'm telling them, look, I'm taking authority over that. That's a creeping thing. I got a dominion over creeping things. Genesis tells us we do, right? I'm not, I'm not concerned about the mouse. I've already told the mouse to leave us alone. Well, you can say all that you want, but I had four women that had a hard time going to sleep. <laughs> but during the night, that little mouse would go tick, 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 tick. So about every two hours, tick, 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 I'd wake up, and I'd have to talk to that mouse. <laughs> no, no, you go back. There were mouse traps all over. That mouse was a pretty smart mouse because he never got caught. And we know his friends got caught because we saw them, but he didn't get caught, which kind of grossed the rest of them out too. But, <laughs> hey, you can have it your way. You can have a mouse or you can have a dead mouse. But... <laughs> That's the only two options you have. <laughs> but they're mighty women of God, praise the Lord. And so, anyway, I couldn't sleep. And so, I, uh, on my Kindle, I had uh, Brother Hagin's book, I Believe in Visions, and it talks about his, when he got healed and when he went to hell and then he came back and all this stuff. And so, I thought that was what it was about. I, I've read it several times, but I'd forgotten all of it, but... At the end of the book, he talks about the Holy Spirit and how he didn't believe in speaking in tongues because he was, he was a certain denomination that didn't preach that. And so, but he would, he would slip off to the full gospel Pentecostal church and uh, he liked how they believed in healing. He just didn't want to speak in tongues. So, you know, I'll take this, but I won't take that. And uh, so anyway, he talked about how God dealt with him and he received the Holy Spirit. So not getting much sleep, probably less than two hours sleep in the night. The next morning I got up and I was sitting with uh, some ladies that I didn't know. They were from, uh, <clears throat> the one across was from Manitoba. But I was also sitting with some ladies I did know. And uh, so this lady, this young lady from Manitoba was sitting across from me. And we're just having breakfast. But I knew the Lord said, today there's going to be people that need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. 
well, I'm not in charge. I'm not on the schedule. I'm just there as support. And so, again, you don't argue with God. You just say, okie dokie. You're going to have to make, I'm not going to go up and say, you know, da 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 da. So I just looked across to her and said, Excuse me. Now we're talking about Manitoba. Excuse me. Have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, Alvina heard me say it and she starts laughing. And I forgot this is being taped. I should be careful. A certain lady <laughs> said, <laughs> they can edit. A certain lady said, uh, she hasn't, but she wants it. And this girl is starting to laugh. I said, you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? She said, I do. I said, do you want to speak in tongues? I do. I said, okay. When do you want to pray? She said, right now. And I said, okay, well, we'll go out on the porch. And it was kind of cool that morning. So I start going out with her and my helpers going with me. And this other girl that was a little girl when we were in Loon Lake, I mean, I would have, if you asked me, I would have said, oh, she's got the Holy Ghost. She speaks in tongues. Because I've seen her grow up and now she's, she might be a grandmother now. I don't know. But anyway, she's, she's following me. I said, did you want to come help pray? She said, no. I want to speak in tongues. I said, you speak in tongues. She said, I keep backsliding and losing it. Well, you never lose the Holy Spirit. But you can, you know, you can get cold to it. Well, I mean, we got on the porch and we just, we're just, I mean, it's so easy to get the things that God wants us to have. You don't have to tarry and, you know, beg God. He wants you to have it more than you want it. And so I just said, you both want this. Yes, yeah. okay. When I lay my hands on you, I told them that when they got saved, I made sure they were both saved. Now, when you got saved, you, ha- you got the Holy Spirit. So it's not that you don't have the Holy Spirit. So I showed them what in the book of Acts, I showed them. I mean, I didn't, ha- yeah, I didn't even have my Bible with me. I'm just telling them. But then I laid my hands on them. I'm telling you, it wasn't any terrier at all. They were just... <laughs> And I just stood back and laughed. And I was like, well, that was easy. And so I go back in the kitchen. I'm helping clean up. And somebody comes back and says, there's a lady here. She heard what you did. She wants that too. And I said, well, maybe we should let the the preaching team take care of that because I'm in here helping. I said, but if she wants it right now, I'll come minister to her. She said, no, she wants you to wait a while. (laughs) Okay. So uh, let's be praying because tomorrow night they're going to have a Holy Ghost service. Now, every service is a Holy Ghost service. If you, you know, we don't mark them like that. But, but uh, on the first night, I saw the glory come in. I actually took a picture, and had, the picture shows the glory that I didn't even see. I was taking a picture of somebody, and the glory, you can see the cloud. But uh, I saw... I saw that. So that was, but we're believing Thursday night to have a real great service. And those people that want the Holy Spirit will get it because we want to send them out empowered. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives you power. Amen. 
So if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to do that because God said, Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. I don't know about you, but I need help. And if it's, you know, I got it before I knew what it was. The same day I got born again, because, see, I thought I was always a Christian. I, you know, uh, people, my Baptist boyfriends would say, you need to get born again. And I'd say, oh, no, 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 no. I was born a Christian. I'm sorry you go to that church because y'all have to be born again, but we don't. <laughs> That's ignorance gone to seed is what some people would say. But when I, when I, you know, God captured me there again, I was a token sinner at that retreat, the only one not born again. And it was like I had a target on my back. We do that, you know. We shouldn't, but we do. And I was it. Tag, I was it. There was 29 believers in me. And so I'm not going to give you my testimony, but it was a scary night for Brownie Bounds. I wasn't, I wasn't Brownie Bounds then, but it was a scary night for Brownie because I thought they, they, they were just crazy. <clears throat> and the next day I was crazy too. So <clears throat> I got born again the next morning and I went up to the preacher and said, I, I want to be born again. And so he asked me some questions. I answered the questions. And then he said, would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I was just like those in the book of Acts. said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. So he got the scriptures. He showed me where God said he'd give it to us if we ask. He said, would you like to ask him for it? Yeah. If he wants me to have it, I'll ask. And so I did. And he put his hands on me. And I fell down, which that, that's what scared me the night before was somebody falling down. So I fell down. And I heard myself saying, praise the Lord. I love you, Jesus. That's what I heard. Everybody else heard tongues. So I didn't know that. I guess he thought he'd freak me out. So I got up and he said, now pray for your friend because she's been asking God for two years to speak in tongues. Will you pray for her? And I said, what's tongues? (laughs) I knew nothing. He He said, that's what you've been doing. Oh, he said, just put your hand on her. Well, I heard her praying tongues before I heard me praying tongues. And she was really happy. But you see, what we understand is that God wants us to be healed. He wanted that woman healed. For 12 years, he had wanted her healed. But she had to hear the word. She had to hear that there was somebody now, she, I, I highly doubt she knew he was the Messiah. But she knew somebody was going from village to village and people were getting healed. Not all the people got healed, you know. All the people that looked to him got healed. But anyway, she, she heard of him and she went. But listen to what Jesus says. This is our point tonight. Jesus says this. The disciples are asking, you're kind of getting on to him, you know, like, why are you asking? The woman fearing and trembling. Now, see, I, I doubt that woman ever wanted anybody to know that she touched him. She just wanted to get out of there. She wasn't looking for attention. She didn't want to get on the platform and give her testimony. She was, she was desperate to be healed. But she wanted to get healed and get out of there. 
But Jesus turned to her, and it said with fearing and trembling. Because he said, who touched me? Well, she's not going to lie after she just got healed after 12 years. And she says, you know, she came up, and he said, uh, uh, and let me see where we... He looked around to see the woman who had done this, and the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, listen to this, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You see, most people think that Jesus' great faith is what healed her. Do you understand? When you read it in red, that's Jesus And Jesus said, daughter, your faith. Well, if her faith can get her healed, your faith can get you healed. Because he's already done what he's going to do. We're not begging God to do something that he's never done. He's already paid for my sickness. He's already paid for my poverty. He's already paid for my sin. Those are paid for. I don't have to beg him for that. It's paid for. Mark 11, just turn real quick to Mark 11. You're right there in Mark. Mark 11. Remember God, uh, Jesus was, uh, this is when he cursed the the fig tree and and he's coming back and the the disciples are so surprised that it's dried up from the roots. There's a whole sermon in that, but we're not going to go there. But then he goes and at the evening came and they they had gone out of the city. They saw the fig tree withered. And they're, they're still, you know, almost unbelieving. They tell him, they remark about the tree. And in verse 22, he says, have faith in God. Uh, That can literally be translated, have the faith of God. Now, how can we have the faith of God? Because he gives it to us. The Bible talks about every man's been given the, the measure of faith. So, When you're born again, it takes faith to be born again, but he gives that to you. You become born again. You have a measure of faith. But you can grow in faith, but you can also decrease in faith. Jesus talked about people with little faith. He talked about people with no faith. He talked about people with great faith. So there's obviously levels, and how do we get to a higher level? Is when we read the word, we take time with him, Because you won't get to a higher level watching stupid shows, spending your time on social media. You're going to get a higher level when you spend time with him and in his word. Amen? So verse 23 says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Now I want you to underline or make note, He says, whoever says to the mountain. Do you notice he's telling us to speak to the mountain? You know, if you don't speak to your mountains, your mountains will speak to you. Mountains are your problems, the issues you're dealing with. But he did, I I think it's very interesting. Note, he didn't say whoever prays about this mountain. Many of us are praying about our mountains. He didn't say pray about the mountain. He didn't say, ask me to remove the mountain. What did he say? Let's let's look at what the scripture says. 
This is foundational faith, guys, okay? If we can get this right, we can live victorious. What did he say? He says, whoever says. Whoever says. So that means we have to speak it. That lady with the issue of blood, did she pray to God to get her healed? I imagine she did in 12 years because I've been sick and I've been sick for long periods of time. And, uh, you know, you pray. You ask God. But that's one of the things that I got, you know, re- revamped this summer is, you know, I got a tune-up. And in my tune-up, I realized, Brownie, you've been praying about stuff that's already been done. You need to speak those things. Now, I knew that, but like I said, we, we lose. We, we get tired or we get depressed or we get frustrated or we get mad at whoever's supposed to be helping us or whatever. We get an offense. Remember Jesus' hometown, they got an offense? Said he could do no mighty works except heal a few sick folk. Well, offense will keep that from you too. You can't be offended. So let's go on to verse 44, uh, 24. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you receive. Now there he says you can pray and ask. So it's not one or the other. But when you have the word of the Lord on something, you don't have to pray about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you need healing, you go to the word. You don't just go, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm so sick. Jesus, Jesus, this hurts. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, the name of Jesus has great power. But when we just use it as a mantra, is that the right word? Uh, You know, it doesn't have magical power like that. It has the power of God in it. And quite frankly, if I'm just whining, Jesus, 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 which I have been known to do, you don't see a whole lot of results in that. I'm telling you, you can... Be in great pain. I have been in great pain even in the last 24 hours. And I have had to say, I know that Jesus bore my pain. (coughs) Bottom line. Oh, I'd like to say that every time I do that, I take authority over this pain in the name of Jesus. I'd like to tell you every time it would just flee. There are times when it has done that, but there are some times that you just got to keep standing. And you see, that's why we have to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. That's what Jude says. Jude says that when I pray in the Spirit or praying in tongues, that we don't understand what we're praying. That's Romans tells us that. It says that, you know, you pray in groanings, which are, you know, or you don't understand, but you're praying the perfect will of God. So when I get to that point of I can't take this anymore, and we all get to that point in some areas, when I get to that point, then I better switch off my mind because the Bible says when we pray in tongues, our mind is unfruitful. I have to switch off my mind because my mind is saying it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. I have to switch that off and start praying in the Spirit. I tell you, when I broke my back, 
and I was in that overturned car in that, in that ravine in the middle of winter, and I knew I couldn't move, and the pain was horrible. But all day long, I'd been hearing one song. I kept, that was in the 1900s when we had cassette tapes. <laughs> Some of y'all not, might not know what that is. Walkman, you might not have ever heard that. But anyway, I kept playing one song. I found it easier, though, than some of these I have now. I was trying to work a CD last night. It was like I was getting a little frustrated. But those were you could rewind, rewind. And there was one song all that day. I'd gone to uh, the dentist in Saskatoon. I was coming home, and this couple, this farmer had helped me in Liberty like a month before when we had a flat. And I had gone and bought groceries and uh, flowers to stop at that home and thank them for taking care of Liberty and I that night. And so I, I was coming, I did that, and I led that family to the Lord. And then they said, will you go with us? We, want, we got family over here. Will you get in the car with us? I got in the car with these strangers that I just led to the Lord. We went and led another family to the Lord. I got in my car, it's late at night, and I got near Marshall, hit black eyes, and, and uh, was paralyzed. But all that day from the time I left Loon Lake... I had been playing a song, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the God that healeth thee. Anybody remember that old song? I am the God that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your Savior. Something like that, I can't remember. But I played it all the day. So when I'm in there and I know no one can see me, I, no one can rescue me because I'm hidden. And I'm crying out to the Lord, but I just start singing that song. And when I start singing that song, the pain lessens. And the Lord tells me, turn on the dome light of the car. I did that. And then, you know, I was rescued not long after that. But when, when they got me, the dumbest thing, you know, they, this lady, everybody was trying to stop. And they were hitting the black eye, so they would start going out of control. So they just kept going like they're not going to risk their life to try to go down there and even see if anybody's in that car. And so anyway, finally this one lady stopped and she had a van. Now listen, my back was broken. Like, uh, So she drugged me up. She just drugged me up, up to the road where her car was. Just her by herself. I'm dragging on the snow up there. Not the smartest thing to do. But, you know, I kept singing that song. So when I got in her van, she laid me on the back. And uh, it hurt so bad. But I'd start praying in tongues and the pain would leave. And then I'd stop and the pain would come back. So when we got to Texarkana, they had called David. And he happened to be in Texarkana wait. I mean, Lloydminster. He happened to be in Lloydminster waiting for me with the kids. And so they called him. I told him, I told him he's at this person's shop you call there and that's where he'll be and they called him and he came to the hospital and they had me in the emergency room and they were you know wanting to cut off my sweater that God had given me and I was arguing you can't have that sweater God gave me that sweater you're not getting that sweater this is Dr. Cavanaugh and they're just they're just uh, oh I said another name I gotta remember that I gotta quit doing that anyway 
So they, you know, they do all the testing and, and uh, there was no feeling from the waist down. And so anyway, <laughs> I said to him, just get my husband in here when he prays for me. I'll be fine and I'll leave this hospital walking and leaping and praising God. Just get my husband. So they went and they came back and they said, your husband is praying with somebody in the, emer- in the waiting room. <laughs> what happened was a woman that rescued me, she had been, she was of a, the religion that didn't believe in it and she had seen how it worked when she when I prayed so he comes in and she says do you know anything about what she was doing she didn't know he's a preacher and he said yes she said can I have that he went yes so I was a little upset with him (laughs) hello (laughs) get in here But I'm telling you, what, if we've got to go back to learning really what the Word says to do in every situation. Because many of us are living by the flesh. We're living by the world's standards. And God has such bigger and higher ways for us. We don't have to live like the world. We don't have to to experience what the world experiences. We are a holy nation of peculiar people. Amen. Bought with a price. The Bible says you've been bought with a price. Therefore, because you've been bought with a price, glorify the Lord in this body. Amen. So praise the Lord. Don't ever get under condemnation if you are dealing with sickness or poverty or what relationships. Don't let the devil beat you up on that. You know what? You are healed. And that sling does not define that you're not. The word of God says you are. And I'm still standing and I'll stand until that comes off. But in, in our spirits, we already know it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Amen? So don't ever get under condemnation if you have things you're dealing with because that's just another tool of the devil. Right? God never condemns us. The Bible says in Romans 8, and 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's none. You'll never be condemned by God. Isaiah says he's not angry with us. Isn't that good? Even when I knew that I missed God and I declined and said, I'm not going down there to that convention, and I knew that I hadn't asked him. You know, sometimes you think, well, of course he knows I can't do that. But, you know, I believe because I did that and obeyed him that healing started coming faster and faster. In fact, you know, the things that they, the surgeon had expected didn't happen. He said, I, I'm amazed. You didn't have this? No. You didn't have this? No. Because our obedience will open up more to let God work in our lives, our obedience. Our disobedience will stop. So, Maybe you might have delayed obedience like I did. And I really didn't see it as disobedience. You have to understand, I I really didn't, didn't even think that I needed to ask God about that. But you know, 
I was convicted that I need to ask God about everything. He's just smarter than us. Amen. So praise the Lord. I want you to just this week take some time to read over that story in Mark 5 because it gets good. even better, too, when you read about Jairus and his daughter. And Jesus went in that house, and you know what he did? He threw out the people that couldn't believe. I'm telling you, when you are in a place where you, you've got to have a miracle, you need to watch out who you tell, and you need to watch out who you let come. you got friends and family that can love you to death. They'll plan your funeral. I've had it happen. Because they love you. This is not, they're not trying to be mean. They're not, it's because they love you, but they don't have the faith or the word in them like you do, and so they think you're in denial. Anybody ever experienced that? They think you're in denial. Well, praise the Lord. Let, you know, you can be in denial. I think we can get in denial, but God's able to correct us if we get in denial of whatever. But you're never in denial on the standing on the word because the word is true. It's forever settled in heaven. Amen? So let's be people of faith because this church and this ministry has a lot of things we got to do. And I'm telling you, it's going to be done by faith because if, the, if a man builds a house, And he builds it with his own mind and his own understanding. He's working in vain, the Bible says. But if the Lord builds a house, there's a whole difference. We're believing God for, you know, whatever God says what we need to do to expand the church or whatever. You know, God told us prophetically. He said, I'll tell you. And you just take, you don't get in a rush and I'll let you know. I'll tell you. So, you know, people want you to get in a rush. What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? Hey, what you going to do? What you going to do? People do you that way. We're not going to do that. We're going to stand, and when God says move, we move. Children of Israel, when he said get those tents picked up, get ready to go, they were ready. We're going to be ready because we're believing God for the finances. We're believing God for the wisdom. We're believing God for all the provision we need. We're believing God for helpers. So, you know, if we expand, we need more workers in every department. Those things. So put your faith out there instead of looking around to see what, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, I don't like that or I like that or whatever. Let's put our faith out because one can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000. We got lots to do. And I tell you, God wants you blessed. God wants you healed. God wants you walking in victory. Amen? Amen. If he did it for that lady, and she was living under the old covenant, how much more after the cross he will do it for us. Amen? Stand to your feet.